What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideShareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So this week we have uh, Lifting with Larry from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, Larry does a unique, what I consider a unique podcast anyway, because he actually takes the time to talk to passengers. Um, I know that there's a lot of YouTube channels out there and whatnot who might take advantage of this, and they post videos of passengers in the car, whether it be legal or not, they do it. And, uh, and it's usually done on the negative side of the passenger. It's usually somebody throwing up or an argument and things like that to draw attention. What I like about what Larry does is he actually takes passengers that he's had good conversations with, brings them on his podcast and talks to them just about life. And it's, it's pretty cool because I mean, those of us in the rideshare industry who know this, the term Paxhole is related to many passengers, and most people don't have a lot of good things to say about them, but so many people aren't that positive. So when you run across something like this, it's pretty cool. And uh, with that said, Larry, how are you? <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I've been really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, me too. So when I first saw and I first started listening to some of your episodes in the car and stuff. I, w- I was, I guess I didn't, I just didn't really take it in at first what you were doing. You know, I thought, cause it, it's, when you started, you know, there was some ride, ride share podcasts. Um, and the, now there's, there's a handful, um, sure. you yeah. know, some, but there's a, but there's a lot of negative out there, you know, like we always try and, one thing with our podcast is we try and bring on up and coming uh, gigs, things that people should know about, um, things that might be competition to other gigs out there. But we're trying to, if if the company's not some kind of pyramid scheme and they're all good, um, we try and bring them on and give them exposure. We've had some really really good luck with that, and uh, I don't know. It's just nice to have a positive rideshare driver who every episode of yours that I've listened to, you know, you, you like the passengers and that's clear because I can tell you're doing a studio recording at home. Um, so obviously you're having them in your home. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what to say about this. So what you've been driving, if I, if I did the math right pre pandemic, you had been driving about three years. Is that right? Yeah. I started, um, in July of 2017, started out with Uber and then maybe two weeks later added Lyft to the mix as well. And so, yeah. So pretty back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a little over three and a half years now closing in, I guess on, on four here in a few months. That's cool. So one thing that I, another thing I liked and that I'm, you know, I'm from Den. I'm originally from Michigan, so I know the Grand Rapids mm-hmm. boys too. Not from Michigan, I know them from being out here in Colorado, right. oddly. But uh, <laughs> funny um, how all those guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I like Great those guys. guys. They've been they've been good to me, and, and Jason's definitely been a big help with. Jason's podcast has been going for about three years. We've been running Uber mm-hmm. Lyft drivers for four, um, and so he's gotten a lot of his news from our website, and we. 
Um, I've been on his podcast a couple times and we've, he's really helped me out with a lot of audio stuff as I transitioned into this, the last year doing this podcast, cause I was hitting all kinds of walls and I'm pretty tech savvy. And he was pointing out things like, did you do this? And they'd be like, no, <laughs> yeah. he'd be like, well, then, then do that. <laughs> Definitely. The guys up there are great. That, that's, you know, I call Jason, my podcast mentor, him and Ben, who was originally yeah. on, on the, uh, on the GRI chair show. They're really the ones that got me into the podcasting side of things. And, just to kind of tell a little bit how I kind of got into the podcasting thing. When I, I first started out, as you mentioned earlier, you know, people with the YouTube channels, and I had I had seen you know a few a few uh, a few of those channels, and I already had a dash cam, so I thought, hey, you know, I should get in on that too. And I I kind of started out like you said, uh, I tried not to put anything that was like too you know too embarrassing or anything like that, and I always got permission before. I posted any any footage whatsoever, but generally it was you know some college kids that had maybe had had a few drinks, you know, kind of kind of like that, something silly. Like I had a real good one where he went through a drive through, and it was just a fiasco and a lot of fun, <laughs> and a lot of fun stuff like that. And then when uh, when the guy in St. Louis who was, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember the story, the guy in St. Louis that was live streaming his rides on Twitch without telling his passengers. Yeah. And yeah, he kind of ruined it for everybody. <laughs> and so after that, Uber said, you know, you can't broadcast your passengers, even if you have their permission. And, uh, you know, I, I, I debated on whether to take my, my stuff down. I was like, you know, what are the odds they're going to find my little channel? Um, but I was like, it's, it's just not worth the risk. So I ended up taking taking my YouTube channel down and um, was looking for something new to do. And I do work in a college town. Uh, Western Kentucky University has about 20,000 students. And our town is sure. like 70,000 people. So it's a pretty significant amount. Se- 70,000 when school's out. Yeah, well, I'm- no, I think that's probably counting counting school. Oh, that's that's what's <laughs> no okay because I'm I'm originally from East Lansing, mm-hmm. Michigan. So like we, you know, it's a monster campus. So our population gets cut in half in the summer. Oh sure, yeah, and I mean it's dead here when the students are the rides really go down. I always say that when when school's in session, probably seventy five percent of my rides are college kids, and yeah. me, me being you know mid fifties, I was trying to think of a way that I could connect with them. And, you know, social media immediately came to mind because, you know, it didn't take long to notice when you're driving, you pick up a couple of, you know, college student girls and you're taking them on a five minute trip and they take like 50 pictures to put on Instagram yeah. on a five minute <laughs> ride. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should start an Instagram. So uh, Lip sure. and Larry kind of just rolled off the tongue, sounded good. So started up my Instagram and started, uh, started taking selfies with the kids. And it really, I, I think I was really lucky at the beginning. I had a couple of passengers that took pictures with me who were really well-known, I think, around campus and well-connected. They really spread the word to their friends. And it's really caught on to the point where now um, I, I usually work really late on Thursday nights because that's uh, Thursday, Thursday is, is party night for the college kids here. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of them go home much. on the weekends. <laughs> sure. So um, it's, it's really common now on a Thursday night to have one or two times during the night when people will get in and they'll look at me and they'll go, Oh my God, are you, are you lifting with Larry? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And they're like, 
Oh my God, we've been trying to get you for so long. I don't know how you try to get me. You know, I don't know how that works. They probably just can't. They probably just cancel rides. Maybe I don't know. But they just sit there and they cancel. You know? <laughs> so I'm running it for everybody else. Uh, but uh, that, yeah, it just cracks me up. You know, that I'm a, a 54 year old guy and here these college kids get so excited to be picked up by you know for a ride. Well, that's and that's one of the things I think you know is really unique to your situation too. And I understand that you're not in you know a, a, an extremely large city, right? But I talk to drivers all over the country. In fact, you know, all of, I mean, London, um, South America. I've, right. I talk to drivers in other countries now too because of Uber mm-hmm. Lyft drivers, and it's been I've learned a lot, and I know a lot about the market to market difference, but. You really did brand yourself there because I've, when I listen to some of your podcasts, it's I've heard those people say when they were on your podcast saying, "Oh, I got," and then I got you, and it like they were trying to, and I'm like, right. and I'm thinking to myself, dude, if if you lived in my neighborhood and tried to get me, I don't think you could. Sure, sure. Just straight off the platform. I mean, like maybe if you knew me and you called me and I came over and right. I turned on <laughs> and you hit you know request yeah my, i might get it because i'm right there um but you know like it, it literally denver's too big of a town i mean there's oh, just sure. i would never ever get the i mean i've had the same rider in six years um i've had one rider three times and then i've had one rider twice and that's it i've had no repeats because unless unless i meet them and establish i there's a, some pilots out here i have some things established with where Mm-hmm. I've taken them to the airport because they go three times a week at specific sure. times. And could you do that? We've worked out a deal. And, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you could not be in my neighborhood and get me. And yet you are getting people who are getting you in, in, in Bowling Green. And I, I'm sure that maybe there aren't as many drivers there, but nonetheless, it still seems like that would be more difficult than it is or than it yeah, seems I on mean, your podcast. Bowling Green is, is certainly, like I said, it's certainly not a not a huge town. Uh, Pre pandemic, we we were like everybody else, oversaturated with with drivers. Um, sure. And like I said, uh, a lot of the people that that I get that are you know excited that they have me, they've heard about me from their friends or their fraternity brothers or sis, you know, sorority sisters or things like that. And a lot of them, uh, I do have a business card that I hand out. And it's got, you know, it's got my, it's got my personal cell number on it. It's got my little um, Instagram symbol and stuff sure. on, that, on there just kind of to advertise. And I, I do pride myself on, on being a driver that especially college kids, you know, young kids can kind of depend upon and they feel, you know, I've had many of them tell me, you know, we, we, we really appreciate how safe we feel when we're with you because they've had some sketchy drivers before. And so a lot of them will call me. They're like, hey, you know, we're going out this Saturday at, you know, nine o'clock. Are you going to be driving that night? Can you come get us? And and I'll just, you know, I'll still do it through the app because I tell them not to do the cash rise just for the insurance purposes. But I'll, I'll, I'll drive oh, to where sure. they're at. And then uh, once they're in the car, I found that if, if I find out what exactly where they're going and put that in my destination filter, uh, I pretty much every time, you know, they'll, they'll get me as their driver. Um, okay. So that helps a lot. Um, but it's just fun. It's like I said, it's, it, it caught on. Um, one of the guys I think worked for student publications there at, at Western. They have a student newspaper called the Herald and they contacted me and they ended up doing a story on me 
the the local paper here uh, did a story on me. One of the local TV stations they have a uh, segment called Monday Motivator, and he came out and um, and did a did a story on me. Uh, I've been on a podcast there at Western that they have called Top of the Week Podcast. So it's really, like I said, it's really kind of kind of caught on. It's funny. Uh, I, I I would every time something like this would happen, I'd tell Jason, you know, in Mission Gr, he's like. Son of a gun, you know, you can't have free publicity. We can't even get, you know, we can't get anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, you know, it's just the way it goes, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those guys, even GR is even smaller than, well, is it? It's even they're, smaller they're than Bowling Green. No, oh, they are bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, uh, they're okay. a fair amount bigger uh, nowadays. Uh, yeah. I guess it's, I guess it's been a while, though. It's weird. Michigan, I grew up there my whole life. I lived there till I was 20. And I've lived here in Colorado since 98, um, 97, actually. Yeah. Um, and so, but I lived there for 20 years and it's, you know, I have family in Detroit and Lansing. Mm-hmm. So if you know, you know, the layout of Michigan, I mean, right. basically middle to the Eastern side, I, mm-hmm. I had family and things everywhere, but like Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, we, I never really had that. We don't have family. I didn't get out that way that much. Um, it's kind of weird, you know, as much as I, and as well as I know Michigan, it's just not where I was. Sure. <laughs> and Grand Rapids <laughs> is the only place I've been. I went up there, uh, two years ago for, um, the GR people put on a ride share picnic and they invited me up, uh, to come up and, and attend the picnic and then be on, uh, of course, Jason, they have, he has two podcasts that he does. And so he, he ended up having me right. as a guest on both those podcasts that weekend that I was up there. <laughs> So got to meet a bunch of the guys up there that, that are on our Telegram group um, that I've you know, been talking to for months but had never been able to meet in person. So, yeah, that was definitely a lot of fun. Is the Telegram thing still going? You guys? Still oh, yeah. Going? Yeah, we do. It's it's not nearly as active as it used to be. I mean, it used to be, especially on like a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night, you could you would have you definitely have to turn your notifications off because you'd wake up in the morning and there might be – three or 400 messages. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and nowadays uh, with so few people driving, it's, it's definitely much less, but yeah, they're still, we're still on there. And, uh, and I think there's still probably, I don't know, maybe 60 members or something on there. Uh, but still, we still chat, you know, quite a bit on there, even though a lot of people are not driving, they're doing food delivery or, or other gig work. So, yeah. Well, and that's, that's, and that's, that's just kind of the life of what happened. I mean, like I can tell you that, pre-pandemic all the drivers i know in this country Mm -hmm. were all at a point where they you know like you know that us veteran drivers like you and i like we you have to have a love for this because if you don't you're gonna hate it i I tell people all the time you know i was a bar i've been a bartender for 20 years and i tell people that come into that industry and get a job like bar backing or something they're like well i want to bartend i'm like you got to earn your way up and you got to prove to us that you work in this setting because right. this ain't for everybody. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, Bottom and line, shares, dude. Right. Shares is definitely like that. It, it's not for everybody. I think, I think I have a, a personality that fits it. Well, um, I'm pretty laid back. If somebody's not doing something that's going to either tear up my car or give me a ticket, you know, I'm pretty cool with it. If, you know, if they want to sure, crank too. up the radio and sing along and we're going to have a big karaoke party, I'm all for it, man. I'll jump right in with them. And, uh, yeah, 
I tell them, you pick the song, but I'm going to control the volume because I'm not letting you blow my speaker out. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, here in Denver, we might get a few more rowdies cause it's not just, there is a, a big college here too. There's a few, but, sure. um, but do we get a lot of, uh, we, we have a good, good demographic here. We have a lot of people that live in the city who don't have cars who are 25 to 40. So they're right. in the beginning of their career and they were shipped out here from wherever they're from. Most people, you know, it's, it's hard to find a true born and raised Coloradan out here. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, in fact, 40. in fact, most of Denver's that I meet is from the Midwest. I, most of my friends are from Michigan out here. Oh, Wow. Wow. So it's really odd. I mean, I probably have 20 Michigan friends out here, five of which I knew from Michigan, 15. I just met <laughs> working places and, oh, you're from Michigan. I'm, yeah, me too. Oh, you know, literally find out we're from like touching towns. Yeah, that's funny. That is funny. It's just pretty crazy. It's a, it's a very transplant town and, and it's not real transient. It's not like people come try it out for um, a year and then split like a lot of cities. It's people come out here and they never leave. Right. Right. So it's a, uh, but totally different market. It's, it's a little, you know, um, you know, I've had to deal with my share of, of the bad too, but luckily all my years in the bar industry have really have peaked my radar up. And even before the pandemic, I went way back in my hours. Like I, I considered myself Cinderella, even though I knew when to rage some money out here mm-hmm. didn't matter at midnight. I went home. Yeah. Because yeah. I just I just came to the conclusion, at least in Denver, and I always tell people it's market to market. You never know. Sure, but I, I say, but it, but I always said nothing good in Denver ever happens after midnight ever. Right, and there, and so much of the ride <laughs> industry, like you said, is dependent on the market. Because what works here might not work, and even you know in Nashville, which is an hour south of here, or it might not work in Louisville, which is you know two hours north of here. It's so dependent on your market. And, I, I tell people the same thing all the time. We, I, we have people contact us and say, you said you had a person on the podcast or you had a story that you wrote that said, you know, in this market, Uber drivers are making this, Lyft are only making this. And then they just blurt out a, a comments like, um, you know, that's just not true. And I'll say, well, where are you from? They're like, you know, um, Seattle. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm from Denver. I'm like, you guys might have 90% Uber Eats, 10% DoorDash. We got 90% DoorDash, 10% Uber Eats. You just, everything does depend market to market. I said, and that's why Uber and Lyft love us drivers being on social media because they don't ever have to answer any questions because they just let us argue because they know that somebody will say, hey, I made this last night. And somebody will go, no, you didn't. And they're from a different (laughs) state. And it's like, dude, you can't be doing that on social media. You don't know. Sure. I'm sure that some people do bloat it or lie even maybe, but for the most part, a lot of people probably tell them the truth. And in your market, that's just not possible. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. It's very dependent. And I mean, even, you know, the rates are so different. Like, I mean, we, we, you know, I, I, don't talk about it too much because I don't want somebody from Lyft and Uber to hear and, and say, hey, we need to lower those rates. But we we have a really good per mile rate in, in Bowling Green. And, but if I go down to Nashville and drive, I mean, granted, I can stay, usually I can stay much busier down there, but I'm uh-huh. driving twice the amount of miles to make the same money. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's the bottom line. What it comes down to for all of us veteran drivers is the money. I mean, we all like to enjoy our job too, but I'm saying, 
But when it really comes down to it, it's like, you know, even it, no matter what that means, if you're making $50 an hour, but you're only taking one trip an hour, and this is a very exaggerated example, but mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, and then you have 50 minutes off, you're making 50 an hour. But then, you know, if you go down to Nashville and to make 50 an hour, you have to work every second and book from A to B and this and that and the extra gas and all that. Just why? Why not just sit and do what works already? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> I mean, people really, I, I've enlightened a lot of people. I know a lot of people have just woken up to the fact about market to market. But I think that a lot of people, especially when they're in their first year of driving, I think they truly think every one of us in every city is doing the same as they are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can tell and that's just not the, the case. It's not, yeah, yeah it can't be it's, the case. it's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, like I said, you can't, you can't take advice from somebody in a totally different market, totally different, uh, you know, rate, totally different, you know, size of the city. And, you know, you just can't like here. We don't, you know, we don't have, we don't have an airport here that, that has commercial flights. We have an airport, but it's all private plane stuff. Um, sure. We have nothing that flies out of here commercial. And so if somebody's going to the airport here, they're going to Nashville, which is great. You know, I make, I make almost hundred bucks to take somebody down the airport and it's an hour. And sure. That's great. <laughs> Are they usually pretty good about getting you a reroute back? No, no, I've never had a, a trip back. Or, or, or at least in the direction of, yeah, I mean, you can usually find something going, you know, maybe twenty minutes, maybe toward back home, but that's that's about the farthest I've I've found coming back home. Usually, yeah, uh, usually because at our also, airport it's here, a lot less because their rates are much different. I, you know, I'm making a lot less. So from Nashville to Bowling Green, that's that's a whole lot less money if I brought somebody. Oh right, because you get the rate <laughs> exactly of Nashville when you turn it on. Oh exactly. right, right, right. Yeah. So you're almost better turning off, getting across the state line. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then turning it back on. <laughs> almost, yeah. Unless it's like I said, unless it's a ride that's really actually coming back to Kentucky, and I'm coming back anyway. So, are you able to do um, the multi-states on both platforms? Yeah, it's funny. When I first started, uh, we couldn't do Tennessee. Um, we would take people down to the airport as soon as we drop them off. You know, it would log you out. Um, and then uh-huh. about, I don't know, probably six to eight months into my driving, um, I had an airport ride and noticed when I dropped them off, it didn't log me out. And ever since then, yeah, we've been able to do, uh, I've done, um, I've done Tennessee and I've done Ohio as well. Uh, cause my son, right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting to wonder if, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you read the article a few years back that I think, I can't remember who it was. I think a few are few publications put it out but the guy who drove left from new york to california yeah yeah i remember that i remember that so you know i mean i'm starting to wonder now if they've just kind of put down those barriers for the most part because i've heard about people in other states too where they never used to be able to go out of state and now they have been and it's been working because i remember when uber used to let me take people all the way to telluride Colorado. So that's the same state, right? That should be mm-hmm. allowed, but it's an eight hour drive, right. pretty long drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very mountainy and stuff. And then they turn that down to, uh, you can't go further than five hours from Denver. So the farthest mountain trip I'd get would be like Aspen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that time, um, you know, if it was like I was dropping off the airport and then picking up on a reroute, or if I had been sitting in the staging lot or whatever it was, and then I pick up my ride and they're like, we're going to Aspen. I always had to put it out there really honestly 
because I had to say, I had to say, that's great. I said, it's five hours to Aspen. Um, it's 5 PM. That'll put us in Aspen at 10 and I won't get a ride back. So can we negotiate, um, tip up front or, um, some kind of sub pay? Cause usually if you, and, and right away they'd interrupt me and go, dude, we got you. Yeah. We got you, you know, cause they're out here trying to have a good time, but I don't want to be stuck up in Aspen so I'll never get back home. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, really won't because most people who go up to Aspen rent cars or to, you know, to Breckenridge or any of those type places, they, they rent cars. And usually what I will get is like during the holiday seasons, I would get like people whose cars fell through or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've even picked people up at the rental that, you know, they, it's, it's off campus from the actual airport where the rentals are. And so, um, you know, I'd go to Hertz or something and I always knew when I'd have a ride like that, this guy's going somewhere far and they screwed up his car. Yeah. And yeah. so it would almost be a negotiation. So I'd leave Lyfter Uber on, I'd do my ride up there, but then it would just be worked out. And they, you know, usually like those kind of people who are out here from Texas or something, they'd just be like, well, we'll tip you 200 bucks. Is that cool? You're like, yeah, you're good, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it is, you know, it's, you got to remember too, it is pretty treacherous on the car out here, you know, going oh, from sure. Denver to Aspen, you're going up, you're going up about 5,000 feet. It's up and down a few times. You're going over a couple pretty hairy passes, um, you know, and if there's weather and stuff, which is usually during the season, so it is. And, you know, you got to take that into account. But those long rides are great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so when the pandemic hit, all the drivers I know who said they would never, ever, ever drive uh, app-based food delivery. I mean, never, never will I do that. And I got it at the time because pre-pandemic, because what happened to Rideshare right after the pandemic is where I view where app-based food delivery was at the time. There was no reason to do it. You couldn't make any money before the pandemic. Uh, and I was like, one of those people. <laughs> right. So you know what I mean? Like you couldn't, you couldn't be on Uber Eats and be jamming. You weren't oh, going to be no. jamming. No. You know, no, you weren't going to, it just wasn't happening. Three or $4, you know, offers on Uber Eats. Yeah. I, I, I tried Uber Eats like two or three times before the pandemic and finally I'm just like, I'm never turning this on again. And the, right. only, the only reason I'd even done any food delivery before that was, uh, one of my sons, uh, my son that goes to school up near Cincinnati, he signed up for DoorDash and they had a sign on bonus. Uh, so like a referral, if he referred somebody sure. and they did a hundred trips and I forget how 60 days or something, he, I think he got, I think it was $600. It was a pretty good referral. And so I did that for him. Um, and then as soon as I did my hundredth trip, I'm like, that's it. I'm done with food delivery. <laughs> but then, you know, like you said, the pandemic hit and then, uh, I worked for the city of Bowling Green as a computer systems engineer during the day. And they decided that it was too dangerous, you know, for me to be doing that as my side gig. So, uh, I couldn't do that. So I had to switch over to food delivery. And like most people I know, I was making more money doing food delivery than I'm ever made doing ride share. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was literally the pivot happened in hours or overnight. Oh, one yeah, night. Yes, like definitely. beginning of April or whatever it was, it was after the cares act was enacted, but it was like, boom. Yeah. And it was like, there was no ride share at all. The day before there was tons, then there was none. And the day before there was no food app delivery. And the next day you were lucky to be able to get an order in. 
Oh yeah, and I was picking up from places like I never thought. Like I, I you know, I remember pulling up, getting an order for Cracker Barrel. I'm like, what? Cracker Barrels doing takeout? You know, what the heck? And all these restaurants that had never had any any kind of takeout before. And so when you came up, when over. you came on to the app food based delivery platforms, which ones were you working? Um, I've tried several i tried uh i tried postmates which i i will not even turn on now be, just because they won't give you the how much you're making up front uh, sure so i don't ever well, do and, and they're uber now anyway <laughs> yeah. and uh so. i've tried i've tried doordash and grubhub uh uh-huh. for me it just seems like i make more with grubhub here so that's the one i kind of focus on but again it's market dependent my my son does doordash and uh, up near his school because that's what you know he makes a lot more money and stays a lot busier uh, doing DoorDash here, it seems like all I get from DoorDash is kind of the three, four, five dollar orders, and I end up just turning it off. So I'll turn it and on. See, if it's really slow, but normally I'm running, you know, Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, and Grubhub. Gotcha. And and that's you're the first one to ever tell me. And I always and I we've talked about even app based food before. Mm-hmm. I've said, you know, it's market to market again. And I've never heard anybody say Grubhub. You're the first one to tell me that that's the best in the market, maybe for you. Yes. You know, yeah. for your market. And it's just, I, I love hearing this stuff because it really, I hope that listeners who do listen to this understand that, that yeah. here you are hearing it, you know, because the group that I work with, with Para, where we, we do a lot for the gig worker platforms, they're all based out of California, except for me. And uh, um, they, they do DoorDash only on the side right now. They won't even touch the other ones because like in the Bay Area, nobody uses anything but DoorDash. Period. Yeah. And the other thing I like, at least here about uh, about Grubhub, is I don't have to I don't have to try to schedule blocks. Um, where with DoorDash, usually it's not. It has to be right around meal time for it to be busy enough to, for them sure. to let you dash, and, unless you schedule blocks. And I I've scheduled blocks with Grubhub and, and done that quite a bit. And I but I don't. I really haven't seen any difference in the amount of money I make when I schedule blocks. And don't schedule blocks. So I just, I never schedule blocks anymore with Grubhub. I just turn it on and take, you know, if, I, if it's not a good offer, I'll certainly reject it. I've gotten to the point where if it's not, you know, over $9, I generally won't take it. So I thought DoorDash, has DoorDash not moved away from the blocks? I thought they did. They may have, and I just hadn't tried it. Maybe, again, it, again <laughs> it might be market to market too. Your market yeah. might not. I don't know, but I thought well, here, that I've I, got DoorDash. I'll pull it up and see. Of course, it's meal time here, so it will probably let me let, let me let me dash anyway. Because I remember when I was first seeing the arguments about blocks and all that, mm-hmm. and then I had to dig in to see what they were, and I'm like, geez, for real? This is how you're running the business? Yeah. <laughs> another thing, another big thing I've noticed uh, in the food delivery apps is when I First, you know, when I first started doing them, like I said, when I was doing DoorDash to help out my son, there's a very limited delivery area. And like even where I live, I don't, they wouldn't let, you know, I couldn't order from from my house. I live kind of on the outskirt of town. It's certainly not way out, just barely outside the city limits. And uh, I think that, you know, they wouldn't let you deliver very far past that either now. And and once COVID hit, I mean, I've delivered several, uh, I several times down into Tennessee. You know, I'm 20 miles from the state line, but I've delivered, you know, 15 miles into Tennessee from here. It was like, you know, 35, 40 minute trip uh, sure. to deliver a hamburger. And, you know, these people were on their lunch break at a factory. And I'm like, 
have you ever thought about packing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> because I know you're paying yeah. way too much for this hamburger. <laughs> when, when you start, when you got into that and made that pandemic pivot to the food delivery from rideshare, um, did you were you were you were you in soon enough where you were seeing those crazy extraordinary tips? Oh, at first, yeah, yeah, I, I saw a decent amount, and you know, we talk about it all the time how how funny it is that people will almost always tip on food delivery, but when you deliver them, you know, their person to their house or wherever they're going, that they they rarely tip, but they'll tip on. Oh, I food. know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I have a really I have a really time. fun trick. I I haven't been able. I I had to stop using it because not enough people asked. But I used to love, and I swear I turned some people on to this who were like, that is genius. I'm going to steal it from you. I'm like, that's <laughs> fine. Go ahead. Because I used to have people say to me, and I'm sure you've had this, they're getting out of the car for ride share. And, um, and again, it, you know, even before the pandemic, this, had, this wasn't happening quite as much, but it still did. But they'd right. say, you know, I can tip you through the app, right? Okay. You've had that happen, right? Uh, a few million Maybe times. not. Okay, well, it happens often out here. You know, people yes. that are buzzed or whatever. And, oh, well, yeah. I can just tip you through the app, right? And I'd say, here was my answer. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, by the way, can you show me how you do that? Because I have people ask me all the time. <laughs> That's and they, li- <laughs> they literally would lean up front and go, okay. And, they'd, and I know they could go back and log in and take the tip out. I know yeah. they could. You have 24 hours to do that. But I also know... They're so lazy. They probably would have tipped, right. but they just are too lazy to care once they go have another drink. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm not going to go back in and like actually take the time to tip that guy. Even That's if I definitely. did a great job and whatnot, but so they would tip me in front of me and I always knew, and I got most of them. Uh, nobody ever went back and did it and, and they didn't want to be mean. So they'd be like, you know, they'd give me a good tip. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that out. I'm really going to have to try that out because, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 I think that's a common joke between all right here people. You know, I'll tip you in the app. You know, we were going to have t shirts made up that said that. Yeah. No. And so I always, I mean, I, I told that to Jason about a year ago and he was like, genius. That and is, I was like, that's, I, was, that's I mean, every, good. every driver I've ever said it to is just like, I'm going to steal that. I'm like, that's cool, man. Go ahead. You know, well, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to try it out this weekend. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Don't think I won't. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, if, cause I know I, you know, if it's, you can, people who have done this can, they, we know what we're doing. We can gauge our situation. You wouldn't, there's might be a couple you wouldn't do that to you just cause you know, they're not being jerks about it. They're honestly asking you, let's say. Sure. But it's so rare that that's the case, at least here in Denver, again, market to market. But here in Denver, anybody that asks that, it's they ask that to every driver they have. Yeah, yeah. And 90 plus percent by far, you know, they're not going to tip you. And, yeah, and that's, and that's why I catch them, that. you know. Yeah. And I love catching them if they're on like a date. Yeah, that's funny. Because <laughs> oh, then they're like, funny. Now I got to tip you big because I'm with a girl too. Exactly. I'm like, you got to yeah, show you off. <laughs> that's, so. that is, that's genius. That is gold. And that's, I'm going to write that one down so I don't forget that. That's hilarious. Uh, I like that one. So now when the pandemic hit and Rideshare died, I know that your work didn't want you doing it either. But regardless, even if they had, they're, I'm just, even though we keep saying market to market, I'm guessing like most markets, yours was just depleted. There weren't rides anyway. 
Probably not. Yeah. I mean, there's no, no restaurant, you know, no restaurants open for, you know, indoor seating and the bars are shut down. So, you know, that's, that's a huge part of uh, right. the business um, and people working I mean, from home. So that's another you know big part that, that's gone away. So yeah, I'm sure there was not much activity going on with, with all that happening. Right. So, and yeah, and here in Denver, I mean, I had a couple drivers who were trying to tough through it with the rideshare too, and they picked up the app, the delivery apps, but they were still leaving the rideshare. And they said every rideshare they had was either coming or going to the hospital. A lot of them being doctors, nurses. Sure. So it wasn't like people who were thinking I'm symptomatic, I have COVID necessarily, yeah. but nonetheless, they said those were getting in the car too. I mean, they just said it was just hospital, hospital, hospital. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like, see, this is exactly why I wouldn't drive during. I don't want to be doing that. Sure. Yeah. No, no. That's always, uh, that, that always, you know, gives you a moment of should I cancel or should I not when it pops up and you see you're picking up at the hospital, you know, <laughs> like, oh, right. do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? Uh, uh, but I mean, those same people, and this is my market now, have been telling me that now ride share, you know, about not really even in December, it was like late January. It's only been about three, four weeks, but they've been telling me that they aren't necessarily just seeing minute changes, that they're actually seeing a major curve back to it coming back finally. Are you seeing that in Bowling Green? Are you getting a lot more rides? Are you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I know I know part of that is, you know, we have a lot of drivers, I think, like most markets, that, that when the pandemic hit, they switched over to either doing ride share or they got a you know a full-time job somewhere or something like that. So there's definitely less drivers here because pre-pandemic, you know, you could go pretty much anywhere in town, turn on the rider app, and you're surrounded by, you know, six other ride share cars. You know, we always, always right. check in that to see where you're at. And now, you know, it's, uh, it's not uncommon for me to see less than that in the whole city uh, on certain nights. Um, and, and also, you know, the, the bars here are open. There's, they usually used to be able to stay open until two. Supposedly they're supposed to shut down at 12 now. The last weekend, I've noticed that some of the bars are starting to push that, even though I don't think they're supposed to, uh, you know, from what the governor said, I think they're, they're starting to push that back a little bit individually. Um, you know, the college kids, like I said, it was another reason it was dead during the pandemic because they sent all the college kids home. You know, they're, they're also oh, yeah. studying from home. So Bowling Green, our, our market, you know, really drops when the college kids are not here. So that was another reason it was slow. And they're all back, and they're they're so tired of being cooped up that they're they're going to get out and, and hit the bars if they're open. <laughs> or they're going to have house parties or fraternity parties and stuff like that. So my Thursdays uh, are usually usually pretty busy. Um, like I said, that's one night that I'll, I'll end up staying out late. Um, I usually go out, um, you know, kind of my regular schedule. Most days I'll, I get off my day job at three. I'll, I'll, once I get done there, I'll drive until about six. I'll come home and have supper with my wife. And, um, then a lot of times I'll go back out about seven thirty till maybe 10 or 10 30. Uh, but on Thursdays, yeah. I generally stay out till you know, 3 a.m. or so. Uh, which yeah. makes Friday rough because I go to my day job at 6 a.m. So not much sleep uh, on the Thursday night. So I'm, I'm generally dragging a little bit on Fridays, but I'll come home and kind of take a nap. And then Saturday nights, I'll usually stay out till maybe three or four. Uh, so, so, you know, yeah. did you know that the uh, Maestro app is back too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually downloaded it today because I was listening to that episode of your podcast on my way to yeah. work this morning. 
I've not yeah, we had ever a, tried the Maestro app, uh, actually. Oh, it's, a, I'm gonna it's try amazing. It you set all your filters. It has like 127 filters. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And see that that's one thing about I, I I don't I don't decline a ton of rides. <laughs> I, well this but this does it behind the scenes. So if yeah. you've got your filter set, it can push it before it ever sends it through to you and it's not a decline. Oh really? Yeah. Now that's interesting. So see, but you they have that. to you have to make sure you tweak that out right because what it's doing is it's basically it's getting in the plug line. Mm-hmm. The API that they developed is getting into the plug line and seeing, okay, you're the closest car. You should have this. But if right. it doesn't meet your filter criteria, it passes it to the next closest car and doesn't recognize that it even gave it to you. Oh, okay. That that's a whole different ballgame then. I did not I did not realize that because I thought, oh man, if I'm you know, I'm gonna be denying these rides and then yeah, I've kind of no, used no. to being able to see how how far the trip's going to be and, and kind of what direction it's going. That's why I was so bummed nice. to see Maestro go away years ago, and uh, yeah. they they were kicking butt. I mean, they've been in every major news that oh, they had been in 2018, 2019. They were all over. Oh and yeah, I remember they, hearing about it all the time. They but the problem was they never ever developed an iOS app. Even then, when they were jamming, they had their team do the um, the Google Play Store one. Right. But they didn't do an iOS. And then this new CEO took over, right. re, kind of reignited the team and said, I don't want you doing anything until iOS is done. Right. So now iOS is live. It. Yeah, that's right, why I exactly. never used it because I, I, you know, I, I've had iOS uh, only phones. So I, that's why. But I read about it. I mean, I saw it on, you know, heard about it on different podcasts and saw it on a bunch of different uh, YouTube channels, you know, people using it and setting it up. I used to watch that one. What was he called? Uberman, I think, was his uh, YouTube channel, um, and he he you know he was always always talking about it. But yeah, yeah I don't I'm, know if, you, if you, I, I, I really liked Doug's comment last week on the podcast when he was like, because they he's got a great team, a tech team, and he was I was like, you know, Uber and Lyft don't like you at all, but they really can't attack you because. By doing so, they'd be calling drivers employees. Exactly. And he yeah. said, <laughs> and he was, and he was like, and I'm like, but don't you, don't you, aren't you worried that they're constantly manipulating, <clears throat> trying to make it so that your API can't connect? And he said, oh, they are. He said almost daily or weekly. He said, but our tech team rocks theirs, and we beat the crap out of theirs. So we just, we whatever they do, we we patch it in ten minutes. Ah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because I and I was just, when... I was like. You know, that's a really bold statement. <laughs> you know, like yeah. telling uh, online, you're like saying, without a doubt, Uber and Lyft has nobody like our team. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, throwing down the gauntlet like, there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it though because he does. I mean, that's what yeah. they do. Yeah, no, you know, cool. they're good at it. They, uh, I would, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you heard the part, but he's letting everybody use the iOS for free for a couple months. I did here. hear that. I did hear that this week. So I mean, try it out. Give the give the filters a spin. See what you think. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I said, I downloaded it uh, like I'm on my way to work this morning, and uh, um, but you know, I haven't had time to set up anything or try it out yet. But uh, I think probably after tonight, after we're done, you know, wrapping this up, I'll probably be messing around and tweaking it a little bit. And, Giving it a try, uh, see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to. Try. I mean, the, the cool the cool thing about Maestro too is you don't always have to launch it. You know, you can just you can do how you normally drive and just launch Lyft and Uber. Yep. If you're just feeling that way, but if you've got all your settings perfect, 
for when it's a certain amount of busy or you know when it's like that, then Maestro is the way. If you're able to plug in the settings that make you more money, and that's what we talked about too, is that one of the changes that they've made is the analytics can now show you, did you make more because of the app this week and how much more? That's interesting. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. They can actually show, they don't just say, yeah, you made $200 more because you used Maestro. They show you where. They'll, it'll say like, you know, when you took this ride, it's almost like when you took this ride, you would have had two rides for $5 instead for the next 20 minutes. How they get into this, I don't know. Um, it seems like a lot of backdoor type stuff. But yeah. they're as legit as can be, and they've been in every publication, and everybody's, you know, Lyft and Uber might not like what they're doing, but a lot of people don't like what Lyft and Uber are doing. So, I mean, it's just sure. a, a driver tool that's pretty amazing. Um, should be tried out. But, um, yeah, and the one of the last things I really wanted to hit on with you is your podcast. I mean, are, are you now going to pick it back up? Because I, yes. I now realize why it, I think why it paused was the pandemic, obviously. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't, I couldn't drive, and uh, I had, I had, you know, kind of one where I talked with uh, with some of my children, kind of about the pandemic. Um, but one thing I want to mention real quick before we get into the podcasting, but I definitely want to talk about the podcasting. I know you had somebody on your show. Uh, y'all were talking about, um, and you were talking about, you had some friends who had their Twitter account suspended around election time or around the time that the, uh, capital, uh, oh, yeah. capital deal. <laughs> well, my, my Instagram got deleted at that same time and I post nothing political on my Instagram. And I know several other people, like people that had followed me on my Instagram, they put on their Snapchat that their Instagram had gotten deleted that, that same day. I had no idea why. I tweeted did they, that Instagram. Did they recover it for you? No, no, they won't even answer me. They won't even tell me why it's just taken down. Now, I, I, I've e- for a solid month. I emailed them uh, at least like five times a day. I left. I found a phone number for Instagram. I, I left voicemails there. I tweeted at them. Nobody has ever contacted me from Instagram about anything except they'll send you a form mail when you fill out one of their forms. It says, "Hey, we need to make sure it's really you." You need to hold up this sign with this, you know, eight-digit number on it uh, to make sure it's really you. And then you do that, and then and, and they never get, then they never hear from them again. And so, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to get back to you. As sad as that is, I mean, yeah. business. I mean, that's just bad business. But they, it is, I crazy. would, I wouldn't expect them to do that. I don't to get back to you, but I would expect. I what I would have expected is while you were sending those, that they would have just fixed fixed the batch. And somehow you get repopulated and just show back up. So you stop. So you're not like, I don't need to bother him anymore. I'm back up. I don't know what happened, but cause I have heard of that happening quite a bit too, yeah. where people were like torn down and then they're like doing the same thing as you. They're following protocol. They're trying to follow up. Why was I taken off? What I didn't do anything, what happened? And they're getting no responses, but then a week, two later, they're back up. Yeah, and that's what I kept hoping because I've read those same stories online because I was, you know, Googling everything I could find about my Instagram being deleted. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I never heard anything. But then one day it was just kind of back there. And so, you know, I searched every day and, I, you know, I, I still continue to search. And because uh, I spent, you know, I spent probably, you know, a good year and a half kind of building that up. I didn't have a crazy amount of followers or anything, but um, but the followers that I had 
were, were pretty avid, you know, followers of mine. And, uh, you know, I've, I feel like I've made a lot of friends through, through driving and, you know, communicating Did you, with people. Were you able to at least get your handle back? Not the same one. I had to, had to go lifting with Larry, too, uh, with the number two okay. after it. Because when I tried to go with lifting with Larry, it said that name's already taken. But yet, <laughs> but yet they wouldn't, you know. But, like, if I go to Instagram right now, I won't find you. You not unless you do lifting with Larry. I mean, if you search lifting with Larry, it'll probably bring up my new account, but it won't bring right, up my right. account. My old but account's I mean, like, gone. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, so that's what I was saying. Like, not only can you not access it, it's gone. Yeah, it's it's deleted. Yes, they're they're gone. So, but I mean, luckily, I still had all my pictures on my phone, and so I just posted reposted them all. And I found out that uh, that they have a a limit on how many pictures you can post in a day because they shut me down about three times when I was trying to trying to reload all my pictures it said you can't upload any more pictures today <laughs> wow yeah i don't so know i don't know why I, I don't know why everything bombed like that and i don't know why um those kind of measures had to be taken i i'm really disappointed in all the social medias oh, i yeah, think that right. i mean I'm, this isn't getting political here i'm just saying that i you know what they did was wrong you know, yeah. stick to what stick to what you guys know. If people are harassing or suicidal or targeting somebody for death or something, yeah, delete their account, put them on hold, call the police, do what you need to do by protocol. But to just go out and batch all these people by keywords that they might have used was ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's kind of scary. You know, you think that. Uh, freedom of expression. And, and, and like I said, I mean, there, there was nothing, the most political thing I had on, on, on my site was probably a post of me saying, Hey, you know, it's election day, go vote. I don't care. I mean, I even put on there, I don't care who, who you vote for, but, but go vote. You know, people, there's got, you know, men and women have died for this right for you to go vote. And many people sure. in the world would, would love to have that opportunity to vote for their leaders. So go vote. You know, but that shouldn't have got it. you. No, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's nothing. You know, I mean, I know pe- just... some of the people I know who got deleted had been writing the same kind of things for years. Right. And, and so, sudden... I mean, I, and I don't agree with any of it. It was mm-hmm. over the top even for me, but it was always allowed. They weren't, again, they were just doing what you were just talking about. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, yeah, but they weren't yeah. using swears and they weren't threatening anybody. They were just expressing their views. And that's right. all that they kept doing. And then they got deleted when all everything started going down because but they but nothing changed about them. They had had an yeah. account for three, four years and it was the same old tweets that they always do. Right. It's like the rules got changed all of a sudden. And and nobody gave anybody the new rule book though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like exactly. it was like well, all the rules changed, and we, you my account might be gone. Well, it's just—I mean, again, bad business, and and I don't understand. You know, Instacart was or uh, Instagram was bought by Facebook. I mean, I know right. Facebook is a mess right now, a hot mess, sure. but they should absolutely be doing whatever for customer service right now because they're they're hemorrhaging. Yeah, yeah. Big I big mean, big. of course, they're still a high-priced stock, but I mean, they're having trouble keeping people on the platform because it's becomes, it's become so evil. I've never, I got off, I got off Facebook years ago, but my personal account and I still have one for the, for Uber Lyft drivers. But even Mm -hmm. that I try and get my girlfriend to deal with it because I'm just like, she actually has an account and I've made her an admin to the pages. I don't even like going on there because people are just evil. 
Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Anyway, like it's some of the groups. Kind of worms there, but <laughs> no, I mean it's it's just what happens. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so uh, but yeah, so what's up, podcast? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Okay, so yeah, um, I'll start my podcast. Like I said, I, I uh, Jason and uh, Ben from from uh, GRI Chair Adventures, which is now the Gig Economy Podcast. They kind of uh, peer pressured me into getting into podcasting. They were like, you know, my, after my YouTube channel came down, um, you know, how we spend a lot of time out on the road and I listen to a lot of podcasts and yep. GR Roger Adventures was one of the, one of the ones that I started listening to on a regular basis and started, um, started watching when they would live stream it on, you know, every other Wednesday night, started interacting with them on Facebook on their stream and just kind of, you know, kind of got to talking with them. Then I got on the chat room, the, the telegram chat room and, really started getting to know them. And uh, so, yeah, they're like, yeah, you should really think about starting a podcast. And I, I worked for a couple of years as a disc jockey and another lifetime ago. And so I, I didn't have that fear, I guess, of being behind a microphone that some people have. You know, some people don't really like the sound of their own voice. None of that bothers oh, me. I know. So I know. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh yeah. So yeah, that sounds like fun. I think I'll, I think I'll, you know, try to do that. So I was trying to, trying to think of something different, um, you know, not just another, another rideshare related podcast, something a little different. And one of the things that I've just noticed from driving rideshare is I met so many interesting people that had, you know, really interesting stories. So that's kind of one of my taglines in my podcast, you know, everybody has a story and they're not right. all glorious or are filled with adventure. Um, but everybody's got one and, you know, they may not, they might not think they have a story or they may not want to share it, which is fine. You know, that's their choice, but everybody's got a story. And so I would talk to interesting people that I meet and if they're open to it, I would, you know, schedule a time with them and, uh, to record a podcast. And I try to make them as comfortable as I can. You know, I've recorded at, at my, uh, you know, my, at my house, you know, um, you know, when my wife was here to try to make them you know, feel more comfortable. I've recorded at, at other people's place. I recorded at a coffee shop one time. It was a young lady on my podcast. She was a college student and, you know, I, I was trying to make her as comfortable as possible and said, hey, where would you feel comfortable recording? Because even though she'd had me as a driver once or twice, she didn't, you know, she didn't really know me. Sure. And so we recorded at um, a place called Spencer's uh, Coffee House in downtown Bowling Green. Uh, it turned out really well. I mean, there's a little background noise, but, I, you know, I think it still sounded pretty good. It, you know, it sounded kind of natural. Um, so it wasn't bad at all. Um, so, yeah, I just sit down with people that I think have kind of interesting stories. And uh, did have to kind of put it on pause just with the pandemic when I wasn't driving, but I'm ramping back up. I've got two people now that um, scheduled to, to be on the podcast. One of them is another local driver here. And then the other one's uh, somebody I had just the other day who's um, prior uh, uh, served in the Navy. And he's kind of eager to get on and kind of talk about his story. So looking forward to ramp lifting with Larry back up and get some episodes out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too because I'm I'm interested to hear what some of these people say about the last year too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, 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 a, one, I think those stories are going to come out like how these because I and you know when I, <clears throat> when I was listening to your podcast, it really it's weird that I I go in with that mentality like okay this is gonna be a pod this is gonna be a podcast about rideshare get your mindset on and then all of a sudden I'm engrossed in somebody's story and realize I'm not even listening about rideshare. Right. right. <laughs> and I realized like into the story, I'm like, I'm totally into the story. I like everything yeah. they're saying. I'm learning something. I'm, but I'm like, wow, this isn't even rideshare right now. I'm like, this is great. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you come away with you know with that uh, that perception because yeah, that's kind of why I attended it. It's it's a it's a podcast that that is about people you know just their stories and getting to know people and hearing you know different uh, perspectives from different people. It just happens that I meet them driving rideshare, and that's kind of the thing that ties it all together. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy podcasting. Um, I, I co-host another podcast with a, a buddy of mine, actually somebody that I had as a passenger and I gave him my card. And, um, about an hour later after I'd given him my card, he texted me and said, Hey man, uh, I see that you do a podcast. He's like, I really want to get into podcasting. You know, can we sit down and talk sometime? And I found that, um, when I ask people to be guests on a podcast, or they'll say, oh, man, you have a podcast. That's something I really want to do. You know, 99% of them are blowing smoke, and you'll never hear from them again. I've had so sure. many people that say they want to be on the podcast, and I take down their number and try to get a hold of them, and, and they just won't ever answer. Um, but this guy was different. I could tell, you know, he just seemed like he was really, you know, genuine about it. And so I sat down with him one day, had some coffee, and we talked over some things. And so we ended up co-hosting a podcast called Stay 100 podcast and it's just about kind of staying real and um a lot about you know being a go-getter and and doing what you need to do we kind of have people from different walks of life talk about how how they make their money or how they you know stay motivated we've had a we had a couple of singers on there you know we've had uh somebody who does real estate we've had a lady that does um you know exercise classes um so just kind of stuff like that uh uh you know, we, 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 we try to record every couple of weeks as well. Um, but my, that's, that's why, that's why I was, that's why I was liking your podcast a lot, man, is that just, it's, it's got that positive spin. There's too much, there's way too much negative out there. Oh, you can find negative like, everywhere you turn. If you, I mean, yeah, if, you, if you want negative, just else. look it up. You, yeah, know? <laughs> you don't have to look far. You really don't have to look no, far. I mean, and, and in fact, you have to things. filter through to the good ones. So <laughs> you do, you do. And that's one of the comments that I, that I've gotten, uh, uh, from people that listen to my podcast or on my Instagram, you know, several of the, you know, especially the college age passengers, like just, you know, I enjoy your Instagram just because it's positive. You know, if I do post something that's not a picture of, uh, of, you know, me and some passengers, then I'll try to make it, you know, a positive comment. I mean, I'm not, I'm not over, you know, I'm not above passing up, you know, posting a funny meme on there as well, you know, but, um, I have gotten a lot of comments about, you know, we just really appreciate how positive your, your posts are and how positive you are when we ride with you. We feel really safe and secure. Um, and that really means a lot to me. I mean, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got five sisters and I've got three daughters and, um, you know, I really think I have a, a definite focus on making sure my female passengers especially feel comfortable, you know, when they're riding with, you know, riding with somebody they don't know. Oh yeah, especially these days with all the bad press that's been out about oh, what yeah. happens to passengers. Not what happens to drivers, but what happens to passengers. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and then they see all that, and and all the times that Ubers said, you know, like we're going to do a PIN number, we're going to do what's my name, we're going to do. You know, they've just confused the general public. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, there, I mean already... now they're just like, am I even safe in this thing? I don't know what, what the new schematic is. I don't know what I'm supposed right. to say here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it, 
And you know, I think like I said, luckily, it's, I think it's not as bad here just because it is a smaller town. And I know you said you you've only had you know repeat customer a couple of times. I've had I've had yeah. the same passengers three times in one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so mean, funny. I just. There's just too were, many people uh, in yeah. Denver and a lot of people just, a lot of people just don't own a car out here. Yeah. It was so funny though. These people were from out of town. They were actually here. They were cast members of a show that was uh, going to be uh, performed at our, at our uh, Southern Kentucky performing arts center. And they had come in for the show, which is going to be the next night. So I picked them up. They had dropped off a rental car um, and I took them to their hotel. And then uh, about an hour later, I picked them up at the hotel and took them to the bowling alley. And like two hours later, I got a call and picked them up at the bowling alley. I'm like, I promise you, bowling green's really not this small. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, it's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're, they're, it must have been like a Tuesday night, and there just weren't many drivers out. And I was kind of staying in the same area. Yeah, I, I mean that to me that's shocking. But if I lived in East Lansing, still, I'm guessing that would be kind of the same story for me. Oh yeah, you know, it's yeah. same I, size kind of town, and I, I mean, I'm sure I would get all the repeat people. And yeah. I, I bartended at some of those college bars. I'm sure I just know yeah. how that works. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I've had customers. I probably had you know 20 times. Yeah, I mean, here it's just. You're literally just picking up new new people all the time, and Denver's just huge. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's sprawls. I mean, I know that it's not population wise. If you think of it, there's a lot bigger cities in the country. But to be honest, we've grown a lot. In fact, we've overgrown over the past few years. And uh, there's a, there's just a lot of people, and we have a lot of people who go out, sure. and not who go home early. Like, unlike a lot of cities, it's it's very unique city. Um. You know, and it can be a challenge to drive here too, though. So I, I can see why a lot of people quit. Um, heard of, I've heard of, I, I know of some very firsthand bad stories too. So, um, you know, it happens. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that you're starting the podcast back up, or that uh, that the timeout is over, or that the pandemic's going to allow you to do that. I'm looking forward to checking that out, and uh, really want to thank you for coming on today. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a lot of fun, you know, talking. Uh, yeah. Um, just, you know, it's always good to talk to other rideshare drivers in other markets and hear about what's going on with them. And, you know, I feel like we're kind of a, you know, brotherhood and sisterhood. And we, you know, we, we need to be out there watching out for each other and sharing tips and tricks and all that, going, you know, all that sort of thing and not look at each other as, you know, competition, even, even if we're in the same city, you know, I, I try to, Kind of have that. No, I would. I would hope people are past that. If you're a veteran driver, you're past that. Yeah, I think the people. You know, you know, we're not hurting each other. It's the newbies that come on every day that are hurting us. It's not. You know, it's yeah, definitely. um, And and getting and getting people to tip. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. (laughs) One more thing. I know we were talking about how many drivers we have here after the pandemic. Another thing that I know, because just we have a local Facebook, you know, drivers group like like most places do. And I know of at least like five drivers here who are stuck in the Uber or Lyft background hell where they're, they've been waiting for their background checks for over a month and they can't drive. And Were they drivers before? Yeah, yeah, and and Uber. And it's just decided, their year. It's their yearly check. Yeah, I've heard yeah, of that happening a lot too. It took me. I think mine took me three weeks this year to do, and luckily I wasn't doing as much ride share then. But but these people, you know, I 
always tell them, oh, well, you, you know, use Twitter and that usually seems to get a response and they've tried that, you know, everything. And so I don't know what, you know, I don't know why it's taken Uber so long to, to get these background checks done, but some of the guys up in GR, you know, they face the same thing. It took them a couple of weeks to get theirs done. Yeah. What I recommended to people, even the people who are like, even like I know veteran drivers who are like, I don't know if I'll drive again after the pandemic. I'm mm-hmm. like, but you very well might. Oh, I very well might. I just, I need to feel comfortable again. Okay. Well mm-hmm. tip, just log into your account once in a while and turn it on. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah, know, even if you're drive. not going to drive and turn it right yep. back off, just, just exactly. turn it on to see if it says that you have a missing document or this or that. Sure. Because we all know that, you know, those little things can cause huge long pauses sometimes. Oh, yeah. And that way, if you go in and find out that your background check or whatever it is is an issue or that's going on, you can actually through the app contact and say, hey, you know, can you give me a rundown on this? And they won't, but at least maybe it'll get them a fire under them to get you processed. Right. Yeah. And that's what I did during during the five months that I was uh, doing just ride share. I would still log in like once once a month or something like that just to just to make sure I still could log in. <laughs> Yeah, I've done I've done it I've done it the whole time every month. I just check both and a couple times, you know, it would say, you know, hey, your registration expired. So oh yeah, I gotta, you know, upload yeah, that. Just make sure it's all good. Yeah. So that when that time comes and Yeah, you, you don't want to be waiting it, on them when you're ready to drive. No, no, especially if like some like like if you know it was it was postponed this the last year, but like this year, you know, uh, the Great American Beer Festival. It's like right, the biggest right. beer festival in the country now is here in Denver. And, uh, um, we basically, the city shuts down. It's like, Mm -hmm. take any city's biggest event. Ours used to have a ton. Now that's it. And the whole city's shut down and it's all bar people coming in and everything. And so it's big tippers too. Right. You got cash tippers throwing hundreds and fifties and you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a weekend. You don't want to be down. So you don't (laughs) want to turn on that weekend and see, Oh, you're missing registration or we're doing your right. background check. You want, you want to make sure you're on top of this stuff, even if you're not working it right now. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I keep saying that to people. So it's, I'm glad you brought that up because if people are hearing this log in, even if you don't know what you're going to do with it in the right. future, just log yeah, in. Just keep your options open. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're talking about the big events because my background check happened like right before Christmas. And I was like, man, they better get me by new year. And I was tweeting at them like crazy till they finally got me up and going because I did not want to miss you know, new year's Eve. Right. Exactly. Here. I think new year's is the thing to be missed, but I know in a lot of cities it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I actually it's kind of, it's kind of amateur ever. night here and it's yeah. kind of scary, but <laughs> yeah, I, that was, that was actually my best night I've ever had right here was really? New Year's Eve this year. Yeah, surprisingly. Oh, like I said, I don't think there – I'm pretty sure there was not a lot of drivers, you know, driving um, because, you know, I was picking up people who had been waiting, you know, 45 minutes or an hour for a ride. So they were pretty happy to see me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm surprised that that many people were doing things at New Year's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think people were just ready to get out and do something. You know, a lot oh, of mostly house parties. <laughs> I can't even remember if the bars were open or not, um, but I know there was a lot of people having you know par- house parties for sure. Yeah, well, um, let's absolutely stay in touch. Looking forward to the podcast, and let's uh, maybe one time we can have a, a get uh, 
Jason on here too. Yeah, I was going to give you a hard time. I was like, why have you not had Jason on your show? And I know. Oh, uh, you know what? You, you know, I don't. I don't really want to give anything away, but I am. I'm planning on having Jason on. I'm just. I'm coming up on my year anniversary, oh, so I'm kind of looking gotcha, at gotcha. like at that because I've been doing Uber Lyft drivers. Uh, March first is the four year anniversary. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah. And just... so, rideshare rodeo the four or the one year anniversary is the last weekend or the last week of April. Okay. So I started it during the pandemic. Okay. Good. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, I'd been waiting and, you know, we had been trying and then when we were all locked at home for a while, I was like, perfect time to learn this. So yeah, there you go. You got time on your hands. Might as well put it to good. And I'm glad I didn't, I'm honestly, to be honest, I'm glad I didn't have them on early on because if I go back and listen to my episodes, it's pretty crazy to me that like, how far I think this has come and, you know, some of the guests we've had. And mm-hmm. I'm now at a much better point to have him on. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's, that, he'll be a great guest. I know, I know I was a guest host on their uh, podcast last week and it's, it's I always enjoy talking with Jason and the guys up at GR, you know? Uh, oh yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I, we plug each other. They plug me, mm-hmm. I plug them. I've been on their show and I mean, you and I today have plugged them huge. So yeah. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll we'll let him know. Him we, we'll send him a bill. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's going to love it. I mean, you know, basically, you know, if you're not listening to the gig economy podcast, people check it out. They do do yeah. a good job and it is fun because they do do the live thing, you know, like, um, sometimes I might in the future take, uh, this podcast live, but it still probably might just be audio and kind of like hear like how we're doing it through the Podbean app, but right. I'll do it public where people can come in. Sure. If it's that kind of episode and see what happens with that. But um, it's just not, I'm not full studio equipped and like Jason to be able to do all that. Right. Yeah. Um, he's, so he's got a good setup and he's, he's very, uh, I mean, he, he is, he is definitely very podcast interested in podcasting and he puts a lot into it. And Oh, he uh, knows the like stuff said, for he sure. Does, and, and he, you know, it takes him some time, you know, it might take him a while to learn it, and but he'll stick with it, man. He's, He's given me so many technical tips and stuff. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me, me too. Just the other, just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I was hitting some roadblocks and he's like, send me a list of all your equipment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't even, I don't even have to do that because <laughs> when I got started, he sent me a list of equipment. He's like, okay, here's what you need to buy. So I just bought everything on the list. So he knows everything I have. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I just had some stuff and I'm, been kind of piecing together but we've yeah. made it work and awesome so awesome. yeah well, good thanks for being thanks. on larry yeah it was hey, uh I, you, I love man. getting to know good drivers and you know I, I really again i really i liked the the niche that you have for your podcast and even if it even if it goes out and expands i, I love it when podcasts grow and change and morph a bit but True. i do i do think you have something by taking the passengers in because every driver I know never has anything good to say about a passenger. And I really appreciate that you do. And that you find the good and that you find the good in them instead of just always the bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll have to say, you know, I don't know if it's just the area I drive in or, you know, just kind of my attitude. I don't know, but I'd say, you know, 99% plus of my rides, I'd say have been what I would say, you know, enjoyable rides. The usually the worst I have around here is, you college kids that want to put like eight people in my Camry and that's just not happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but then you offer, I'm like, and cause it's usually like a three, you know, three to five minute ride because 
our campus is right by our downtown and where they go to the bars. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll make, I'll be happy to make two trips. And then they like, Oh wow. Nobody's ever offered to do that. That'd be awesome. You know, if you do two trips and I'm thinking, you know, to myself, well, I'm getting paid twice. So I'm happy to do two trips. Uh, sure. Then they think you're the greatest driver ever. So, <laughs> right. But, but definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I've enjoyed it. Definitely. We'll stay in touch and uh, maybe we'll, we'll collab down the road somewhere. Absolutely. Look forward to it. All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks, Larry. Yikes. Whoops. Ran a little over again, guys. <laughs> Sorry. It just happens sometimes when we're chatting. You know how it goes. Um, really happy to have Larry on the podcast. Really happy to see that he's going to be bringing his um, podcast back. And uh, um, obviously, we can see why it was held up, the pandemic and all. Um but yeah, I look forward to staying in touch with Larry and seeing what can happen down the line. Um, next week, we are going to talk about the PRO Act and AB5 and how AB5 and the PRO Act interact. And I'm going to have a very special guest on who is an independent contractor in California and... Um, kind of a big player and a voice in the anti-AB5 movement. And we're going to discuss uh, what the what AB5 is right now, even though Prop 22 passed. And we're going we're gonna to discuss the PRO Act and what it really means. That it could be, you know, if the PRO Act could essentially end independent contractors in every state in the country. So it is a big deal, um, but we're gonna we're gonna dissect that, get into it, and uh, I'm not gonna give away my guest's name. But uh, next week, uh, expect a uh, well. Just don't miss it. Don't miss it. Why would you miss it anyway? It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, again, thanks to Larry for coming on, and uh, have a safe week, you guys. Do do something great for somebody. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.